When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So was she running from somebody in June? He's like, she's fine. She's fine. That's what he tells me. Where is she? Why did she cut that out? Did she cut that out to show somebody? Did she cut it out because she didn't want someone to see him? Why, why did she cut out best guy's picture? Vigils in the Dark is a true crime investigative podcast. Find us on The Usual Suspect and visit our website at vigilsinthedark.com. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here tonight virtually with Whitney Willis. Hey, guys. Yes, Whitney is, we are practicing social distancing. <laughs> so she is at her house in Moore and I'm at my house in Norman. And um, this is a weird time. It is so weird. It's like, so weird. Okay tell, okay, tell me, like, just within the last week, how much has your life changed? Uh, absolutely 100% changed. Like it, it's, it's crazy. Like it, um, my mom actually talked to one of our um, neighbors who is about 80 years old. And she even said that she had never lived through a time like this. Really? Oh my goodness. So that was kind of, that was interesting to hear that. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so things are going to be okay. You guys, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be a rough, rough weeks and months ahead, but it's going to be okay. Um, and we're sure. here tonight to give you a break from all of that when you hear this in the yes. morning. Yes. So yes. about um, for my birthday, if you remember, Whitney brought me a gift certificate to go to a ghost hunt at the Overholster Mansion. And unfortunately, well, I mean, I believe they did the right thing. They closed and Definitely. they're not doing anything right now. So we did not get to do that. But we did get notified that we will get to go at a later time. So that'll be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to thank them for rescheduling that. I thought that was really awesome. They didn't have to do that, but they did. Um, yeah. And they're honoring like they're honoring the tickets. And then also if you can't make the rescheduled date, then they will also refund you. Um, so they they just did a really great job with it. So thanks That's awesome. for that. That is awesome. That is the, yeah, they deserve some praise for that. So um, anyway, you. so tonight we're going to be talking to you about the Overholster Mansion. And Ooh. yeah, Whitney, Whitney and I are pretty excited about this because we, she has actually been there and Marissa has been there. So, mm-hmm. and it, it is beautiful. I mean, it is just gorgeous. Yeah. Like if you look at the pictures and you can actually take, there are a couple of video tours online. Like one of them mm-hmm. is done by the, I think the historical society and the other one is actually done by our very own Marissa Mohi. So that was pretty cool to see her like. Uh, her version of the tour and everything that was fun and I'm gonna that put... was a really great video yes it it is really good 
Um, I'm going to put some clips of that towards the end of this. Whitney and I both watched it. So anyway, um, I think that that's all I've got up front. I got to get my outline. Uh, where'd you go? There it is. Okay. Um, so anyway, I think that we're going to get started. And also Whitney has some pictures that she'll probably share in the group, uh, after this goes live. So tomorrow at some point, she'll probably share them or today when you guys are hearing this. Yes. And so I, I took some live photos of the overhaul formation and I just want to say like, I got orbs. like there are so many orbs. In those pictures. Oh my God. Was it like when we went to the Grisso mansion and the live exactly. pictures were, Oh my God. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. That exactly. is crazy. Okay. All right. So first things first, let's deal with the history of this place. Um, seems like history makes a good spot for ghosts. <laughs> like they, they love history. So, um, Henry Overholzer is the man behind the curtain on this particular story. He and his wife, Anna were responsible for the construction of the mansion. Um, and I want to take a moment to thank my two major, major sources, which was overholstermansion.org and um, an article in the Daily Oklahoman from last October. And then also Marissa, her video on YouTube, which was awesome. That was really cool since I've never been there. I got to kind of see it. Um, so anyway, when they first started to build this place, this is kind of a cool thing that I thought, like as I was doing the research, I liked this. Um, he purchased three lots of land out to the northwest of what was then Oklahoma City. Um, the area that he bought land in was considered part of Classen's Highland Park edition, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, I didn't ever think about places that people lived at the turn of the century being considered an addition, but I guess it was because in some of the or- early pictures, there are houses around them. So, oh yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, and the yeah. year the year in which he purchased these lots of land was 1902, which is almost 120 years ago, which is kind of crazy to even like fathom. But, um, oh, yeah. so imagine if you can for a moment that it's 1902, these lots were located one mile from the greater part of Oklahoma city. I think it was like the rail station ended, I think at 13th street. And it, this was like two more blocks away from the rail station. And like, so it was quite a ways at that time. And people were asking them, they were like, why are you building out in the country? Like, why are you, why are you not like living in the city? Like this is, and so it's kind of funny, like to think that at that time that was like, yeah, they're building that house like way out in BFE, like even though social distancing, yeah, social distancing (laughs) of the time they were ahead of their time. Yes. (laughs) So, um, at this point in time, the land where the mansion is, um, okay. So Maggie is running around the house, um, and she just came to visit me. I have to tell a funny story about Maggie really quick that I told Whitney when we first got on the phone. So back in October, I, for Halloween, I was a werewolf, which basically translated to, I wore a plaid shirt and wore wolf ears. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I kept the wolf ears and you guys have seen on my Instagram that I have that Beethoven statue, like in the little alcove thing outside of my study. Anyway, so I put the Beethoven ears on the, or I put the wolf ears on the Beethoven like a while back. So tonight I'm sitting in here getting ready to do the podcast and I close the door and then I hear Maggie like growling outside the door and I go out there and I'm like, what is she growling at? She's growling at the Beethoven because he has wolf ears on. (laughs) She sees him. Yeah, exactly. So she like just came down the hall just now to like check and make sure that everything was okay, that the Beethoven hadn't like transformed into a werewolf or something I guess like I don't really know so anyway yeah so I thought that was really funny 
<laughs> Aggie, always uh, observant. <laughs> like it's been there since Halloween, but always observant. <laughs> Good guard dog. <laughs> so anyway, so the the land where the mansion is uh, looked nothing like it looks today. Like if you've been up there, cause like I went up there, um, around Halloween, it was like early October. Laura and I did the moonlit kayaking on overholster and that was super fun. We got so cold. Oh my God. It was so cold. <laughs> like, and I don't know if you know this, but like when you kayak, like the water runs down the paddle and like lands on you. Uh huh. So like in yep. the spring and summer, that's not a huge problem. <laughs> But like no. <laughs> when you're wearing leggings in the depth of fall, like, yeah, it was really, really cold, but we had such a good time. Oh yeah. But anyway, that neighborhood, like it's full of houses. It's like very developed and everything like that. But if you look on the mansion's website, like you can see the pictures from when it was first built. There's like hardly, there are a few houses, but there is like not anything that resembles like a modern neighborhood. So I kind of, I was like, it's kind of like Little House on the Prairie, but it's like Big Mansion on the Prairie kind of a thing. It is. Yeah. It really is. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So the house, find, like the house was constructed in 1903. And after it was completed, no one really had anything bad to say about their choice to build, quote, so far out in the country. In fact, a newspaper clipping from the Daily Oklahoman dated February 28th, 1904 reads, the house is a sermon on beauty. It is uplifting and ennobling as works oh, of art. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that is totally okay. Oh, my God. I'm totally leaving that in. That's hilarious. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay, so Dixon. Dixon, this house is a sermon on beauty. Dixon. Yeah. It is uplifting and ennobling as works of art ever are. Are, are ever. Uh, the taste with which it has been decorated and is being furnished is flawless and shows a praiseworthy mastery of the subject and the whole Overholster House is an on is an incomparable example of the possibilities of beautiful home building. So like it was beautiful even then. Like it was it was a big oh, deal. Yeah. yeah. It kind of well, makes it's, me it's a pretty intricate house. Oh I mean, yeah. It yeah. It is like you just you need to go look at it. Like it is it is gorgeous. Um like it's got like some of the walls like up at the top were like hand painted and it's, oh, wow. it's just yeah, it's it's insane. Mm. wow that is crazy sorry i was taking a drink of the last mango white claw in the house <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so the, whitney brought me those for my birthday and so i'm finishing them but anyway uh so it sounds like from what i could tell on the website that this article was written shortly after an event where henry and anna opened the, their home to guests so i'm guessing like a housewarming type thing and they were very mm -hmm. much like socialites so i'm sure that there were like mm -hmm all kinds of important rich people that were at this event mm -hmm. and like for the press to be there, you know, they're pretty important. So. Oh yeah. It's kind of weird to think about now, like having a housewarming party and like the press shows up. <laughs> like I can't right. even, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> um, no, I can't either. <laughs> but anyway, so they had two children, one of whom I believe I have it written down further down in the outline, but um, a boy who was born in 1890, but died six months after birth. And then in 1905, mm -hmm. They had a girl who survived mm -hmm. and they named her um, Henry Ioni, which I thought was really pretty mm -hmm. and interesting that they named her after him. That was kind of kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So they all lived in the mansion and Henry uh, Overholster died in 1915. Um, Anna continued to live there until her death in 1940. Henry Ioni had married a man named David J. Perry. He and Henry Ioni had no children. And when she died, 
David made sure that the last wishes of Mrs. Overholzer were considered. She had wanted the house to go to the city or state, like, which is what it's, what is going on today. Um, and after mm-hmm. her, his wife's death, he honored his mother-in-law's wishes. So, um, oh. yeah, I thought that was re- really, really nice. Um, was really sweet. In 1970, the Overholzer was finally listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, In April, two years later, in 72, Perry was able to sell the mansion to the Oklahoma Historical Society, which was his ultimate goal. Um, The Oklahoma Historical Society Society owns the mansion to this day, and it is managed by Preservation Oklahoma, which allows for the tours that they do. Um, So here's a fun fact that I'm pretty sure that you might not, maybe you knew because you, you went on the tour, but mm-hmm. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Henry mm-hmm. Overholzer played a big role in what the Oklahoma State Fair became, like what it is today. Um, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, he he suggested the creation of the State Fair Association, um, and mm-hmm. served as its general manager. And one of the other gentlemen that he served with was Charles Colcord, like the Colcord Hotel. Mm-hmm. So it was uh-huh. lots of important rich dudes that were at the beginning of Oklahoma. Um, so anyway, <laughs> and he helped the Chamber of Commerce purchase land at 10th and Eastern for a permanent home for the State Fair of Oklahoma. Um, the first uh-huh. fair was held on October 5th, 1907. Early fair guests, um, the governor at the time, who was George Haskell, like he gave the opening address that year. And I don't know if you knew this, Amelia Earhart starred in an air show for the State Fair of Oklahoma in 1933. I didn't know that either. That's pretty That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty very pretty, cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and obviously everyone knows it expanded and needed a new home and it moved to where we know it today, which is like 10th and May, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the place where it used to be is where Douglas High School is now. So yeah, okay. that was pretty. That was pretty fun. Um, another fun fact that I found out was many older Oklahomans who lived at the same time of the Overholsters called him Uncle Henry. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like he he yeah. probably had like a pretty good reputation, like for people yeah, to refer like to it. him, you know, affectionately like that. So um, and like all this seems pretty nice, but the Overholster family was not untouched by tragedy. Like I said, there was another child, Henry Samuel who only lived six months mm-hmm. after being born in 1890. And this part, mm-hmm. this part is super sad. Um, Henry Overholzer had a really bad stroke in 1911 that left him mm-hmm. basically an invalid and um, oh. then died in 1915. So that was oh, kind of sad. sad. Yeah. yeah. And kind of hints at like some of the tragedy that might cause a place like that to have some haunting type stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and now we're going to move on to what you all came for, the ghost stories. This is what we're here for. Yeah. Um, We want the ghost stories. Yes, we want the ghost stories. Okay. So, um, let's get started. Whitney went on a, did you, was it a ghost tour? So, it was the, um, it was, I had tickets to go to a ghost tour, but I ended up not being able to go. So this one was like the mysteries of the Overholster Mansion. And it wasn't, yeah, it was really cool. It wasn't all ghost stories. It was mostly like the history, but then they did like a couple of ghost stories at the end, which were really interesting. Oh, that's cool. That's Mm -hmm. cool. What, What kind of stuff did they talk about in like the, what made them call it like the mysteries of the Overholster Mansion? Um, there were, you know what? It's, I it's been I think I went in June 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there were, just, I mean, they just kind of said some stories that were kind of interesting. And I honestly like don't remember like the details of them. I don't want to say them because I don't. Yeah, no, to I, to- I totally understand. Totally understand. <laughs> but um, yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of like rich history there with the family and some of the stuff that the family was involved in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I I don't remember like the details of some of the stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, I to- I totally understand. <laughs> Yeah, it was like when I was researching the Grisso Mansion, I was like, I have to brush up on all of this because I'm like, I don't remember everything that they, she told us. Yes. Because there's so and, much. Yeah, and girl, I'm telling you, like, from this week, like, I feel like my brain just, like, is right right now. Oh, same, like, I, same. Yeah, my brain, my brain is trying, practically useless. Yeah. Yeah, trying to retrieve anything right now is just like, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I completely, <laughs> completely get that. Um, so some of the stories that I came across, I looked at an article from the Daily Oklahoman from back in October when they were covering spookiness in the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say that they have come across workmen in the basement, which we have an interesting story from Marissa's video about that. Um, mm-hmm. there are stories about Henry Overholzer himself and his daughter, Henry Ione. Though those stories are mm-hmm. way less common than some of the others. There are stories about a maid or a like nanny type figure. Mm-hmm. But the very most mm-hmm. common ghost story that is reported is a sighting of Mrs. Overholzer, Anna herself. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Yes. So the Oklahoman had this epic description like of Mrs. Overholzer. So like I want to read that for you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. She wears a pearl-decked, lacy white gown, her dark hair piled gracefully around her face. This is the gown that Mrs. Overholzer wore to a 1900 reception for President and Mrs. William McKinley. So, Mm. like, that, like, to me, that's just, like, so cool. Like, yeah, I mean, that kind of speaks, like, what we were talking about, that they, you know, this really fancy housewarming party kind of thing, like, the president, mm-hmm. like the president and the first lady right. were there. Right. Like that, that's yes. kind of like, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to even like conceptualize that on a modern type scale, I think, because I mean, like the only people I can think of that in recent history that I've like seen hanging out with a president are like um, Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know? So it's like, right. it, like they're super right. like mega famous. And so it's kind of like hard to even wrap your mind around like how important and famous they were within Oklahoma for the president and his wife to come just like drop by be at the house. Yeah. That's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, um, and according to this article, um, let's see, here are a few of the stories. So back in the fifties and sixties, there was a Senator named Mike Monroney who was a U.S. senator, and he had a wife named Mary Ellen, and they stayed in the Overholzer mansion during that time. Like, in the 50s and 60s, they were friends of Henry Ione and David Perry. So, like, they would come and visit and stuff like that. So, um, Mrs. Monroney was coming down the stairs one evening, and one of the stories is that she saw a woman in white walking across from the front parlor to the music room. And this was a quote from Lisa Escalon, who works at the... um, the mansion um mrs monroney mm-hmm. took it to be mrs overholzer so that's mm. kind of oh yeah like oh my gosh that's kind of it's kind of spooky yeah it is mm. yeah so 
Our own, our very own Jeff Provine helped co-author a book with Tanya McCoy Womack about hauntings in Oklahoma City. And um, Tanya, who helped him write that book, also, or he actually helped co-author with her, um, she believes that she has felt the presence of Anna Overholzer in the mansion. So if you you have not picked up, I think, and you know what, I'm going to check real quick because I know that the last time I looked, I think some of those books were available on Kindle Unlimited, like the Haunted Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City and stuff like that. Haunted Oklahoma Mm -hmm. City. Let's see if it's available on. It is. Uh, you can get it on Kindle Unlimited, which like um, you guys who like read some of my stuff, you know that they have a deal where you can pay so much a month and you can read unlimited uh, books that are enrolled in that. So all of the Campus Ghosts of Norman and Haunted Oklahoma City and a lot of those books that are about the hauntings are on Kindle Unlimited. So go mm, check that out. They, awesome. There's some good stuff in there. So there's actually a story in one of Jeff's books that's about my uncle. Which oh, is, really? Yes, kind of crazy. Like, um, so I'll, I'll take a detour real quick and tell that story. So you have heard this story, I think. Um, so like way long time ago, like I don't even know what year, but um, some students at the Old Moore High School decided that it would be funny if they um, put a dairy cow or a, you know, whatever kind of cow on the second floor of Moore High School. Oh my god, I have heard this. Yes. yes. So so my uncle was one of these students who <laughs> thought this would be funny. And if you're from Oklahoma and you know anything about cows, you've probably heard the like I don't know if it would be an urban legend or whatever, because it is kind of like true, and that is that cows don't walk downstairs. <laughs> so you can imagine like the principal showing up in the morning after Halloween and this cow has relieved itself. <laughs> all over his office and everything like that. So in Jeff's book, it talks about how after that they had like, this is so hard to imagine too. Like they had janitors with shotguns at the entrance to keep the kids from doing this again. Like that's so crazy. Like it's so, it's so hard to imagine. Like I I can't even imagine that in my own high school, like time like if there was a janitor with a shotgun waiting for the kids that had come to like do their (laughs) senior pranks or whatever but yeah so so yeah so if you read if you read Jeff's books you will see those stories pop up and you will know that that is Marnie's great uncle so yeah but anyway so Tanya has felt the Anna Overholzer presence in the mansion um Lisa Escalon who is featured in Marissa's video that we will look at here in a little bit um she works there she told some ghost stories to the Oklahoman about how, okay, so they have like motion detectors set up in the Overholzer mansion, like, like you would if you mm-hmm. were running like a historical museum or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And since it functions as a museum, no one lives there. Like no one's in there overnight or anything like that, you know? Right. So they have these motion detectors. Well, sometimes they go off in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like someone is moving oh. around in the mansion. Which that to me was like so spooky because like we have a motion, we have a motion detector in our house. And like, if that set off my alarm, like I would be so spooked. Like it would just like, that would be, and I think like, and that's just like me living here. Like, you know, like I have dogs and my mom and everything like that. Like if I was working in a mansion that was like not inhabited, yeah, that'd really Uh freak me out. 
Yeah. So that's, that's pretty spooky. Um, and there's also a gentleman named Jason Rudder who helps with tours and he has had an encounter with Anna, Anna Overholzer, not Anna, Anna (laughs) Overholzer. Yeah. Anna, Anna Overholzer. Yeah. Let me, let me channel my inner, inner Southern accent. So, um, and there's another employee named Nancy, Nancy Singletary, Um, when she started working there, she actually went in and played Amazing Grace on the dinner chimes. Like in, if you go watch Marissa's video, she shows the dinner chimes. And I guess that was kind of like how they told people that it was dinner time, basically, which I'm like, can we bring that back? That's pretty cool. (laughs) That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, she played Amazing Grace on the dinner chimes to kind of let the spirits know that she Uh meant them no harm. So, oh, that's so it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then she had this story to me was like super wild. So Nancy arrived one morning at the mansion, like for work and she went, she looked outside and there were, or as she was walking in, there were some people, um, filming and they were like making a film and stuff like that. And so she was like, uh, she went out and talked to them. And one of the guys said, who lives in the mansion? And she was like, well, nobody lives here. It's a historic, you know, museum slash place, you know, whatever. And he kind of, he looked at her and he said, are you sure? Like, uh, I saw someone on the third floor just now. And when she told him like, nobody lives there and like the whole deal about it, his face went white because he was like, I totally saw someone pull back the curtains on the third floor window up there. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, god, that's so spooky. Oh my god. Like it it seems like I feel like from a lot of these stories, like so many people have seen something there. Oh yeah. I have a um I one of the ghost stories that I remember when I was touring. Oh, yes, there, yes, yes, yes. Tell um, this. Yes. Okay. So there's two of them. Um one of them was um I wanna say it was like uh, like maybe their gardener or maybe somebody it was a guy that was working there. And he was there, and he assumed that somebody else was there as well um, because he kept um, hearing somebody call his name from in the house, like, yelling his name. Oh, my God. And he goes in the house, and he is, like, looking all around, and he can't see anybody, and he goes upstairs, and there's nobody. And then somebody um, that is, like, one of the caretakers for the house, like, walks in, and he realizes that like nobody had been in there. Like he, the house was empty and somebody was in there calling his name. Oh, that's spooky. Oh God. Yeah. That's really spooky. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, what? The other one. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to ask, what was the one that you were telling me in text message before we got on the phone? Like, um, oh, the third yes. person. So, yeah. Yes. There was a ghost. So there were, um, they were doing a ghost investigation there. And one of the ghosts, um, investigators, he had mentioned that they were, um, they had, um, there was like a group of three girls and I can't remember exactly what they were doing, but he had commented about, um, there being three girls there and the two girls just kind of looked at him like he was crazy. Like what? And they're like, no, it's only been us, but he swears that he saw like three girls like together. Oh my God. So that's so weird. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my god. I cannot wait to go on our ghost adventure. Like I'm oh, so here's 
so excited. This is, oh, I can't, I can't wait either. But here's another thing that happened too. Is we were up on the top floor and they have this glass case and it's kind of an interesting glass case. There's like, I think there's like a, I think there might be like a doll in it and there's other like little trinkets and stuff like that. Um, but they were, they were saying that the glass case um, was haunted. And as soon as, I am not kidding, as soon as they started talking about it, the, it, it's one of those like big glass cabinets that has like the lights inside of it um, on the top of it. Yeah. Um, like on the top of the glass case and the lights in the glass case flickered. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. It was oh so God. weird. Oh my so God. Weird. Yeah, and, and we, I think. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, one of the creepiest things that I thought of is like you can go in there and they'll let you like open up closets and stuff. So like you'll open up a closet and it's like pitch black and you can't see anything and you're just like, um, do I want to like you know take a picture in here and use right. like black or. Yeah, that's like when I was at the Stone Lion Inn, I was so fortunate because Becky let me walk around up on the, I believe, third floor, which was the playroom. And I'm not going to lie, like I got up there by myself and I was a little bit freaked out. And when I went in the basement, I did not spend a whole lot of time down there by myself because I am like a grade A chicken when it comes to that stuff. Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that is. Oh, that's I I cannot wait to go on our our ghost adventure. I can't either. And I can't wait to like freshen up on some of the history because I I really want to remember like there was a. I want to remember that there was a story about like a note that the lady that lived there had written about like people like trying to break in her home. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and I can't remember. I really like. I'm really sitting here trying to remember. It was really interesting, and I can't remember like the details of it. Oh but my god! It I wonder if it was. I wonder if it was Anna or Henry Ione. Like that. I think it was. I think it was Henry Ione. Okay. Um. Oh, that's wild. I, that's what I want to say. Yeah, and it oh, it, it makes me mad that I can't remember. Anything. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> if any of you listeners know that story, then feel free to like post yes. that in the group tomorrow, like that or today. Yeah. I always say like I always say like the date in the future when the podcast will air. But um, I guess that's yes. today, guys. I'll take a minute right now and let you guys hear some of the clips from Marissa's video. What is up my nerds? I'm Marissa Mohi and welcome to my channel and today I have a special surprise for you. We are actually going to the Overholster Mansion. It's a historic mansion in Oklahoma City built by some really rich people. So, come on, let's go. So this is the old furnace. Oh wow. Wanna hear a ghost story? Yes, I love ghost stories. You mind if I Oh, no. So, I've been here many, many years, and this happened about five years ago, and I was just down here, and I, me and uh, the guy that I worked with with OHS, we cleaned out a lot of stuff here, and there's stuff, now we need to do like some old um, Christmas decorations. So, I was down here, and this is the old boiler of furnace, furnace, I think, yeah. And if you look back there, there's still shovels and everything from where they would put the coal in. But that's been there for before I was here. And I thought this piece was pretty interesting. And there's a name for it. I can't tell you what it is. No, like blowtorch? The blowtorch, yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. 
So I picked it up and I took it upstairs to um, put it on top of the stove. And I had it there for about a week and then all of a sudden I started getting calls from security like at 4 in the morning, 11 at night, 10 at night. It's like the kitchen door is moving or motion detectors mm -hmm. are going off. So I had started coming out here 10, 11 o'clock at night. My husband Jay said, you're not going over there by yourself. And I'm like, no, come with me. <laughs> we come in the house, find nothing amiss. And it continued like that like every other day for almost a week. And my husband was helping me um, close up the house one day after tours and he was in the kitchen and he saw this low torch on top of the stove. And he goes, where did that come from? I said, isn't that cool? He goes, that hasn't been here before. And he said, where, where'd you find that? I said, in the basement. He goes, you wanna show me where? And I said, sure. And I bring him down here and I said, I found it right there. And he goes, do you know what that was for? I'm like, no. And but this was covered up at the time, like this. And he goes, do you know what that is? And I'm like, it's like the furnace, I think, or boiler. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know about the alarm? I'm like, uh-huh. He goes, well, think about the times it's been going off. I said, yeah, like 10, 11 at night. And yeah, but in the morning, right? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, doesn't that say, mean anything to you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, that would have been the time when whoever worked here would have been starting up the furnaces to get oh. the radiators going. And he said, and you moved it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so after that, I moved it back down here. Everything has been quiet. And I was in here watching the people leave. And it was like 2 o'clock, and everybody was leaving. And so I was standing out here, and I looked out the windows, because I could see the entire block. And I can see that, oh, everybody's getting in their car, and everybody left. And it was like right at, straight up at 2 o'clock. And I thought, hmm, maybe I can get out of here a little early. And I was tempted to go upstairs and start turning lights off, but once I do that, I've learned to wait at least 15, 20 minutes after the hour because as soon as you go all the way up the stairs, somebody will pull up. So I made myself wait, and so I'm getting on my phone and I'm looking out the window and I'm just like going through my texts and everything. And we have just finished an electrical upgrade and that uh, you know, recently at that time. And nobody else was on the property, that project was already done. And so it's like five after and I'm over here. And all of a sudden I start hearing all this popping. And I'm like, what the heck am I hearing? And I'm here in the middle of the library, and it just didn't do once or twice. It just started doing it continuously. So I'm like, what am I hearing? And the first thing I think of is electrical, because it kind of sounds like when a light bulb pops. And I'm looking around, and then it just stops. And so I'm tempted to go up and start turning off lights. And it's like five after two by this time. And I decide to wait. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was just saying. Maybe it came from outside. So I come back to the window and I look around, there's still nobody. It's very quiet out. And back on my phone again, and it starts all over again. And it goes on, and it goes on. And then I'm like, what the heck am I hearing? So by this time, I'm over here looking down the hallway. I'm looking at the wall scones, and I'm looking at the chandeliers. I'm looking over here, then it stops again. Mm -hmm. This has gone on for like four or five minutes. And like, I don't know what I just heard. Like, still there's nobody out there. I'm still tempted to start upstairs. I'm like, no, it's almost 
after 10 after I'll wait another five minutes. So I go back to what I'm doing, still perplexed about what the heck I just heard. Then it starts all over again. And this time I'm like, okay, I don't know why I'm here. I'm looking this time at the hallway lights. I'm looking here, I'm looking at the lamps. And then it's still going on and I think, what if a squirrel has gotten into the house and it's chewing on the furniture because it's like that kind of popping and I, so I'm down here and I'm looking underneath the dining room, <laughs> looking at all the chairs and there's nothing. And then it stops again. And so I'm just really perplexed and so I look at the time, it's, it's 2.15. So I get up, I start up on the third floor, I come all the way down and I'm looking all through the house, I'm checking all the lights and everything seems to be normal. And I don't smell smoke. I don't see any burnt out lights. And so I come down, I come down those stairs. And when I come down those stairs, right on that hall table, I see one of my water bottles. And I always carry my water because I'm sleeping during the tour. But it was just sitting there. I'm like, oh crap, I hope I didn't leave that there all during all day or anything. And so I picked it up, and when I picked it up. That was the sound I had been hearing. I'm like, that's what I was hearing. And I'm like, I'm glad I didn't step over that rope and see, see that being manipulated. Because then I got I started kind of chuckling to myself because I was wondering if it's Mrs. Overholder or Joe mm -hmm. or whatever it would have been. They're probably thinking, how come she just doesn't get water out of the faucet? Mm -hmm. Or what is this stuff made out of? Because that's probably what they were mm -hmm. doing. But that was the crackling. Mm -hmm. So after that, I really make sure I don't leave my water bottles. <laughs>
So what I've got in mind is that I want to make a couple of episodes that are like listener stories. Um, so it can be ghost stories, cryptid encounters. Um, do you, Whitney, do you know about the let's not meet subreddit? Yes, I do. Okay. So it can be stories like that. So basically if you don't know what that is, go look at it. Cause it'll freak you out. And I know that all yes. of you love being scared. So like, yes. go, go read that. You can fall down that rabbit hole like that, that. Okay. So basically there's stories about real life, creepy encounters where people mm-hmm. like the end of the story is like, dear so-and-so let's not meet ever again. Like yes. it's some kind of creepy story. So, um, yes. Anyway, it can be that, and it can be stuff that happened, like, outside of Oklahoma. This is not limited to Oklahoma. This can be – this mm-hmm. is only limited to people who, like, are listening, like, basically. Yeah, or, so, like, even true crime. Like, true crime exactly, yeah, true crime. Yes. To, you know, yeah. Yes, that stuff counts, too. Urban legends, anything. I just want it to be told by you, the listener. So, to do that, I think the easiest way for me to do that is, like – um, if you make a voice recording and then you email it to me at Podcast at gmail.com, uh, there's no length requirement. It can be super short. It can be long. It doesn't matter. Um, I want to see what you guys come up with. And if you want to be anonymous, I can disguise your voice because I got those capabilities. <laughs> so yeah, because I know that sometimes like people don't want to like tell who they are or whatever like that. Because I mean, I have some, yeah. pre- I have some spooky stories in my own family that I would love oh, yeah. to get on the podcast, but I'm like mm-hmm. working on the people that they belong to. <laughs> like, I'm like, come right, on, come on. Sure. this is a great story. Right. Yeah. Right. Just tell it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just tell it, just tell it. <laughs> so anyway, um, make that recording, send it to me at the Gmail address. Um, and that being said, please, please, please do not contact me with creepy voice memos of heavy breathing or anything like that. Oh god. <laughs> Times are stressful <laughs> enough. Like, and please make sure it's an actual story and not you just being creepy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the story has to be creepy. It can't just be you being yeah, creepy like... to me. Yeah, exactly. Um so anyway, and then another fun thing that I have for you guys is I don't know who knows this, but today when this goes live, so does Tiger King on Netflix. Ooh, yes, yes, girl. And also, I got oh I got God. tagged so in a excited. thing on Facebook <laughs> by Laura, who said that there is a way to stream Netflix for a group of people um, on Chrome. So, like, I want to do a watch party when this goes out, like, the night that this goes out. So, I'm thinking, uh-huh. like, Friday, like, 7 p.m. or something like that. I'm going to post something in the group if for anybody who's interested, because I definitely want to see some episodes of The Tiger King, or if it's just one. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. several epi- episodes or if it's just a one-shot kind of thing. But right. I thought it would be fun to, like, all get on there together and we can chat at the same time. Um, and I might post the Discord link again for anybody who needs some distraction right now. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. But yeah. So, and we all need that. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. So as of today, if you're in the group, you already saw this announcement, but my two full length stories that are available, like the Irioki short reads and gun shy, which was written under my pseudonym, Dallas Blake are available on Amazon. Absolutely free right now. And that, yes, go get them, go get them. Cause that will keep you occupied for a few hours. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That too. That would be awesome too. Um, yeah, but I wanted to do that to, uh, like Amazon will only let you offer them free for like five days or something like that. It's really weird. And you have to do that like once every, it is weird. Like if you're going to put, 
Exactly. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. And I saw a post by a guy today that was like, I no longer do business as an author with Jeff Bezos because he was like, he was taking too much of a cut without doing any work. (laughs) And and so he sells his stuff like directly on his own website now. And I was like, good for you. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But yeah. So um, that's the dream. That is the dream. So anyway, the books are available for free today. I think t- I think the 20th is the final day of the five-day offer. Um, so yeah, so go snag those. They'll keep you occupied for a few hours. And I'm also going to try to remember tomorrow to get some audio download codes for Jaws, which was my first short novella. And I think that'll allow me to like let up to 50 people download it for free. So so that might, that might be, yeah. Whitney got to listen to that. The first, she was the first person who got to listen to that. Yeah. So, (laughs) so yeah. So going to be writing a lot more, publishing a lot more because you know, that's, these are the times that we find ourselves in. Um, the book signing will still happen, just not anytime soon. And I'm sure that I will still be doing something at anomalous when all of this is much better, which will not be anytime soon either. I don't think, um, But yeah, and also uh, for those of you that have not checked out the podcast that is in the beginning of this episode, uh, Vigils in the Dark is awesome. Um, Oh my God, it's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. And I feel so privileged to like be friends with Brienne. Like, so Brienne is a listener of Irioki and that's how we met. Like that she lives in Indiana. She like, uh. She, we met through her listening to the podcast and joining the group and us talking and stuff like that. And she and a couple other people have made this fantastic podcast that it is amazing. It is amazing. They basically took a cold case and have investigated it and are making progress with it. Like it is, it's incredible. Like it is the coolest thing that any that I've seen in a long time. Like it is really cool. So vigils in the dark, go check it out. And um, so I, I, I'm going to put a, a trailer for that at the beginning of this episode, which like y'all will have already heard, but Whitney didn't hear because we're just recording this. So yeah. But um, so I think Whitney, do you have anything else? Like, um, no, I, I don't. Whitney and I have a few projects that we're working on this year. So that's exciting. Yeah. Get excited for that. I, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And her computer arrives tomorrow. So that will yes. be. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So I ordered a computer like over a month ago and they just now tipped it. And of course, for good reasons and stuff like that. But right. I, I'm so excited to finally get it. I'm so excited for you to have it too. Yeah. <laughs> so Whitney will have a new computer tomorrow on which to watch Netflix with us. <laughs> yes. That's That should be how you break it in. <laughs> watching some tiger king so anyway i think that that's all i've got for you guys so uh stay safe stay sane stay kind and stay spooky